Hello? Check. Where to start? Well, I know where to start, but I don't really know how to start. What I do know is that I'm on my bedroom floor, all by myself, speaking into the void. I have no socks or shoes on. I just saw the neighbor take the trash out a few minutes ago, and I'm speaking into a foot-long portable microphone here in Birmingham instead of one of those nice mounted ones down in Auburn. I have a half-empty Coke bottle that wouldn't have been allowed in the studio in Auburn, and my bobbleheads are next to me for emotional support, I guess. We have Hugh Darvish as a Ranger, Bo Jackson as a Royal, but I'm afraid that's all that'll be joining me in this recording. No Bay, no Jacob, or Aiden, or Jack, Javon, Brennan, Jared, just me. There's also going to be no imaging, no music, no organ tunes, nothing. Just me talking, and that's how it should be. I should be alone because, well, don't we all feel alone? This bedroom floor is pretty lonely, but the truth is, I'm not alone. My parents and my grandparents are both on the floors below me, and even if you don't have someone with you, and you do feel alone, you're not alone. I'm not alone. You're not alone. If you can hear my voice, you're not alone. And we will get through this together. I did want to take a minute to thank first responders, healthcare professionals, and essential workers for everything they've done to keep this dream possible, to keep us all safe in our own homes, so that at some point in the near future, we will see our favorite sport again. It's been hard having so much time to pass without America's pastime. And I don't know if it's just me, but it's made this whole process more agonizing. The good news is that the emotional pain of being without baseball could be coming to an end. And it will be this year in 2020 as Major League Baseball insider for ESPN, Jeff Passan, reported today that baseball will return in 2020. The details are just the tricky part, quote, on Twitter. I'm going to discuss those details, what I think the most likely path for Major League Baseball is at this point. But for now, this has been my opening statement. Welcome to the Ryan Express Coronavirus Podcast episode. You know, when I recorded my 10 minutes back in March before COVID-19 really took everything out, I talked about Rob Manfred and how disastrous of an offseason it's been for him and for Major League Baseball. I do think he has done a full 180 and now has a chance to be the savior of sports for the year, bringing back baseball, who has... I guess lucked into the best position you could possibly have to get and build a new fan base out of people who just want sports to watch of any kind. You know, before this whole pandemic happened with Rob Manfred, we would have used the three strikes and you're out analogy. But it must have been Angel Hernandez behind the plate because uh, he survived that and now he's got a chance to hit a home run. So let's explore these three strikes that Rob Manfred took before uh, this pandemic happened. The obvious is the Houston Astros were 84 and 78 in 2016. 
In 2017, they were 101 and 61 world champions, despite adding little to no one new outside of the midseason Verlander pickup. Mike Fires says it happened because they cheated. They hired a man to sit in their dugout and bang a trash can and tell batters which pitches were coming every single time. Sure enough, thanks to John Boy and other fans, you can uh, hear the trash cans banging through the small confines of Minute Maid Park in Houston. Rob Manfred launched his investigation, but his judgment was a resounding guilty. But with no more punishment than a couple suspended managers and a loss of a few draft picks, it was pretty cheap of a price for a World Series trophy, which, oh, by the way, Manfred just called another piece of metal. I mean, think about it. How many front offices would have given up their manager and draft picks for a World Series championship? You think the Cubs would have done it back in 2014 when they didn't have a championship and were dying for one? You think the Rangers, who have never won a championship and haven't had a draft pick pan out since 2012 Joey Gallo, would have done it? Heck yes, they would have done it. So what is Manfred really proving here? To me, this is just a big whiff on Manfred's part. Big strike one right off the bat for this offseason. Could you imagine if the Astros had won the world championship in 2019 and then this happened and this is the taste that would still be in our mouths here in May? Because right now we have no baseball. And if the Astros had won in 2019, the last vision of real Major League Baseball that we would have in our heads would be cheaters hoisting a trophy. And that's not what baseball wanted. What baseball wanted was fans to be able to come to this year's games starting in March and see the Astros play teams that had nothing other to play for than beating the Astros. I mean, I mean, think about it. Could you imagine if things had been normal and the Astros had played a full regular season going to Seattle to Kansas City, and they had to play these teams that were not going to be in the postseason hunt at all, but all of a sudden, it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they have the Astros at home for a three-game series. Fans are going to show up to see the Astros. They want to see Jose Altuve get beaned. They want to see Alex Bregman get beaned. Seriously, though, back in February, I had friends of mine who don't regularly watch baseball telling me they wanted to go see the Astros play if they came to Atlanta this year. And, of course, the Astros are, or at least were, supposed to come to Atlanta in September, and I'm still hoping that they can. I'm still hoping that this thing will pan out where we can have baseball, we can have it normal again so that my friend and I can go watch the Astros get beaned by the Braves. At the end of the day, though, the story is not about the Astros. The story is about Rob Manfred. Because the Astros won the 2017 World Series, but no one thinks of them as world champions other than themselves. So the story is Rob Manfred and what he was going to decide to do with the situation. And he decided to be minimal with it. Nothing more than a little slap on the wrist. And that is why that was strike one for Manfred for me. But Rob Manfred this offseason didn't just upset Major League Baseball fans, he also upset Minor League Baseball fans. His plan to eliminate 42 Minor League Baseball teams went over really well with baseball media, and how many cities like our current broadcasting city here in Birmingham would never see a professional baseball team again if Manfred's plan was passed? Strike two at a big swing and miss in the dirt on that one.
And then the final strike, the wildest of them all indeed. Did you hear about the new proposed playoff format where the top seeds actually get to pick their opponents on a live TV show? I kind of imagine it like The Bachelor where the Yankees are holding a rose looking at the other teams and they say, Houston, will you accept this rose? Minnesota, will you accept this rose? Chicago, will you accept this rose? And then finally, it's down to Tampa Bay and Texas. And they say, Texas, will you accept this rose? And then Tampa Bay bursts into tears like they always do. It seems like an eternity ago, but that actually was a proposed plan. That was a serious consideration from the Major League Baseball Commissioner's Office to have playoff top seeds pick their own opponents. I mean, I understand the incentive. Sometimes you're a top seed and you don't get the easiest opponents to play. I get it. But when you start picking opponents, you're giving the opponents an edge to play against you because you picked them as the worst team in the field. So I feel like it doesn't accomplish anything other than just adding more drama and making it feel really weird all the way around. But then Manfred started turning a corner a bit. He Got some new rules in place. One particular one that I love is that pitchers must face three batters or finish an inning, barring an injury. Because really, the pace of play is not determined as much by pitch time in between pitches. It's more determined by how many pitching changes there is. And a lot of coaches and managers like to abuse those rules. It started with the mound visits. They cut down on those. Now they're cutting down on pitching changes themselves. So we will like to see how this develops as baseball comes back. As it stands right now, Manfred has a chance to be a hero, to win back all the people he's lost last offseason and then some by bringing baseball back into a world that is barren for sports right now. And he has to do it. And that's why... He's considering all these different options and putting all these scoops out there online for people to read about and gauge some interest for. This whole Arizona and Florida plan, the three-city plan, the four-city plan, the play in the regular stadiums without fans plan, the wait till we can get fans back in the seats plan, and everything in between. I mean, he's considering all the options at this point. That's why he said there will be baseball back. We just don't know how, when, and where. What do I think is going to happen? I mean, it's not even really a fair question because we've never had an example of how something like this would play out. I'm constantly anxious that we are not going to have baseball here in 2020 outside of the few spring training games we did get in back in February and March. But I do think that there will be baseball back this year. I do believe Manfred when he says that. If he said that and he, in fact, does not bring baseball back in some capacity, there may be riots in the streets and that might be the end of Manfred somehow, some way. But I do think it will happen. My hunch is that we are going to have baseball back and we are going to have an opening day on July 4th. America's day, America's pastime, the return of sports professionally in the United States of America on July 4th. That's what I think is going to happen. 
I don't know if it will be in stadiums across the United States or if it will be in Arizona or Florida or in three or four cities. I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know if it's going to be in spring training. I don't know if fans will be there. All I think I know is that that is going to happen. That is my prediction because I do think there will be an announcement here in May coming up very soon as to the plans. I think players need to be given a time to prepare for those plans. That may push it to June. And then I think we need at least one month of training, of getting the teams back together, making sure everyone's good to go before we start playing real games that are going to end up deciding the season. That's what I think is going to happen. That's why July 4th is my date. It gives players time to get ready for what's going to happen, whatever it is. It gives them a month to train once that thing does happen, and then the games can begin right there at the beginning of July. That'll give you July, August, September, and then October. I think playoffs may happen in November, especially if they are in spring training sites or warmer venues like Dodger Stadium. I know that was mentioned a couple of times. I don't really know what's going to happen with the schedule, how it's going to shift, how many games there are going to be. I'd like to say there are going to be at least 81 games half the season, and maybe a lot of those be doubleheaders. But whatever the answers to those questions are, I do think we will get them in the next two or three weeks. This virus, this disease, this pandemic is just going to be another hurdle that baseball has cleared. You think about racial integration, you think about world wars, and now you think about coronavirus pandemic. All things that Major League Baseball has been able to overcome, and not only overcome, be a definitive winner. That's what I look forward to. Baseball having another non-sports-related challenge and overcoming it like a true champion. That's the sport I know. That's America's pastime. That's why it is America's pastime, because the American people relate to that more than anyone else in the world. In the meantime, though, Major League Baseball has been active trying to give us things to look forward to, to watch, to enjoy, to be entertained by. And one of those things is the Players League for Major League Baseball, the show, the video game. Although I must admit, I haven't really watched MLB, the show 2020 Players League quite like some people have, but I have seen some of the highlights and they are amazing. Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay Rays is one of the better players in the league right now and probably his most famous highlight line given to us uh, through the league has been when he was playing Gavin Lux of the Dodgers and he lined up for a bunt and then pulled it back and then hit a home run right down the foul pole in right field and he said, oh, the fake bunt yammer? Just like that over and over and over again and for whatever reason it caught fire online and then by far my favorite of all of them reese hoskins was playing cole tucker in the sixth inning and reese got up to bat and cole said something along the lines of if you hit a homer here i will name my firstborn child and then right then, Reese Hopkins just whammo right into left field over the wall. And he goes, never mind, never mind. 
Although I do want to see him finish that sentence. I want to know what he would have named his firstborn child. I mean, I guess technically he was halfway through saying it, so he's got to do it at this point, right? Or at least come clean. But anyways, all that to say, Major League Baseball has got the Players League for Major League Baseball, the show 2020, going right now. It's uh, going to be really good. we got the playoffs coming up. I think the number one player right now is Joey Gallo. And then following him, Blake Snell's in the playoffs. It looks like Bo Bichette, Gavin Lux, Jeff McNeil are also going to make the playoffs. Tommy Conley and Dwight Smith Jr., Lucas Giolito are the other holders of playoff spots right now, although that is potentially destined to change. Ian Happ is only half a game back. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a game back. And Amir Garrett is also a game back. So a lot could change here in the next coming days with the Players League. Another great initiative that Major League Baseball took amid the pandemic is opening day at home. They made the best opening day games slash the best franchise games for all 30 Major League Baseball teams available for free, streamable, online, on opening day, scheduled at particular times so that every fan could watch their team play on opening day, even if it is an old game. I thought that was great. Another thing that they did similar is they made every game from 2019 and 2018 available free on Major League Baseball TV, also streamable for everyone so that you can watch your favorite team play old games throughout the season last year and the year before while we're waiting for this season to resume. One thing I didn't like as much was the dream bracket. I mean, it just seems like a snooze fest. You know who's going to win. I mean, the team with 40 pennants, right? Of course, when you put the entire franchise's best players onto one lineup card, the team with 40 pennants is going to win, right? I mean, what's the point? What's the point? I want to know what the point is. Speaking of what's the point, I have to be honest with you. I lied to you earlier in the show. I told you that there would be no Javon, no Jacob, no Jack, no Bay, no Brennan. And while we won't have some of the guys on the show, we are going to have a few of them. Okay, so the first person we are going to have back is Bay Marks, who has been on the show many times. One of uh, my favorite guests on the Ryan Express. He's calling in from his home. What's up, Bay? How is quarantine life treating you? Hey, Ryan. Doing good. Uh, quarantine, you know, it's, it is what it is, just like everybody else. There's not a single person that's not being affected by it. Still have to adjust to this way of life, but... Uh, who knows, maybe we'll be able to get back to normal life as soon as possible. And uh, thank you for the intro. I'm glad to be on the, the Ryan Express. I love coming on. Dude, it's, it's been a whole new experience being able to do it from home here in Birmingham with a portable microphone instead of one of those nice ones in Auburn. But here we are, and it is what it is. I mean, it's like you said, we're, we're getting ready to hopefully get some sports back, and that hopefully will start with baseball here in June. I know there's been a lot of plans for how baseball is going to return, and I kind of wanted to see what your prediction is on this because it's a hard thing to predict. How are you supposed to predict something where you have no other example of it in your entire life or even really, I guess, in history? But we have had a couple of plans that have been reported online and through sports media, one of which is 
just normal divisions, everyone playing at their home ballpark in normal divisions without fans, another of which is splitting the teams up between their spring training locations in Arizona, in Florida, maybe even a third city, and having different divisions there. And then the third one would be grouping the teams into geographic divisions, which uh, Bob Nightingale reported earlier, actually about 12 hours ago. And that's kind of where we're at. We're not really sure what's going to happen. We do think that baseball is going to be back here in the next few months, but we don't really know how these divisions are going to shake up, and that could really shake up the playoff race. Yeah, and going back to the first thing you said, uh, making a prediction of my own when I think baseball and nonetheless sports in general will be back. I mean, the good sign is uh, this Friday, I believe it's Friday. It's either Thursday or Friday. I believe it's Friday, the uh, 1st of May. Uh, the NBA was planning on reopening their practice facilities, trying to get the ball rolling on getting things going back underway. Um, now, there has been some backlash over that, but that's a whole different subject. So that's a positive sign in the direction of things will be opening back up soon. And you touched on it a little bit. Uh, we do see on social media and throughout the news about how uh, they are trying to come up with these plans of uh, coming back this year, like you said, whether it's splitting it up into spring training divisions or geographic divisions or keeping it the same and just limiting. Uh, I saw there was one hypothetical where it was like limiting games, seven innings by playing double headers more often than not. And yep. also shortening the season to where it would end on time, therefore allowing for the off season to still happen and get back on the way in spring training in 2021. So as far as when I think baseball will be back, I'll make a bold prediction and say if it's not started by July, I'd be shocked. Um, not saying there will be fans in attendance. That definitely is probably an, a, no, a no-go right now with fans. But I'd be surprised if there wasn't any kind of baseball uh, before the beginning of July. Now, having said that, with that last thing that you had talked about, Ryan, uh, with how they would set everything up, whether you know we keep the American League and the National League or – move to the Grapefruit and Cactus Leagues, or let's just split it up into uh, three geographic divisions and let them just have at it. The only problem I see with letting teams split up into those last two divisions, geographic and spring training, would be the problem with playing cross-league uh, cross games with the different rules of designated hitting and not. I think the biggest problem with that would be teams complaining and kind of not crying over, but just hitting on the fact that, well, we didn't have our best hitter in the game due to the fact we're playing on the National League home field or uh, a National League team saying the same thing, vice versa. So that would just be my biggest thing over it. Now, personally, if it was me, I would like to see the American League and National League stay the same, shorten up the games a little bit, try and get a full season and maybe even a shortened season. But I think keeping uh, – the American League and the National League, the way they are without crossing over those divisions and making them play like that, I think that saves the integrity um, of the designated hitter in that aspect. And I think that might be better uh, for the game overall, trying to get it kicked back up. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think I've looked at the spring training Grapefruit League South, where you have the Red Sox, Rays, Braves, Twins, and Orioles. And I know as a Red Sox person – seeing the Red Sox and the Braves in the same division is kind of, um, I, I guess, a, an enigma. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I mean, the Braves are a team that they built their team 
with the understanding that a pitcher was going to bat. But that's just kind of that's just kind of where we are, and th- that's just one of the many many questions that we have to answer with this whole pandemic. Well, and you see, that's bizarre as well because you think about it. Look at the Grapefruit South. Like you mentioned, you have Boston, Tampa Bay, uh, the Twin Cities and the Twins, as well as Baltimore. Four American League teams matched up with one National League team with the Braves. And you also have that same dynamic with the North Northeast Cactus League. You have four uh, National League teams and the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Rockies, Giants. And then you have a fifth team that's an American League team in the Oakland A's. So... I like the point you make. They build their team, or they build their roster around having a pitcher that's going to be able to bat, whereas you have teams like in the American League that know, hey, we can get a DH in there and let our pitcher take a rest. I do want, I do want to mention, as a Red Sox person, I have not really talked about offseason trades in this podcast at all, but Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers, I hate to bring it up. It's already so sad with the virus and not being able to go out and see sports anymore, and I hate bringing this up as your friend. But give me some thoughts. Tell me what happened. Well, obviously the money was a problem. Obviously Boston wanted to keep him. I mean, he won the MVP the season before last when Boston won the World Series. I... I don't know. I personally, well, obviously I wanted him to be able to stay. And I think it was Jared Caravis on Twitter. Um, he writes with the, or writes on the Red Sox very often, said something like, uh, don't worry, the coronavirus is just the universe's plan of um, getting Mookie Betts back in a year without him having to dress up in a Dodger uniform because he has all these hypotheticals of trying to get Mookie back and stuff. But it is what it is. It's baseball. It sucks because also now we have Chris Sale out if we do start 2020 baseball season and we don't have David Price, obviously. So I, I don't know, man. It, it really did hurt just because of everything Mookie's done for that town. And he also said that he wanted to stay in Boston. Now, if it comes down to him and J.D. Martinez leaving, I personally would have wanted J.D. to leave, but I'm not going to complain with having J.D. because J.D. is one of the best hitters in the game. But all in all, let's just say I hope Mookie somehow works his way back up to New England and puts that Red Sox uniform on again. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for calling in, Bay. I uh, really appreciate having the time to make time and in the middle of exams, online exams at that. And uh, I really appreciate being able to have you on this uh, podcast that I'm doing from my home. No, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we were able to do it back in Birmingham. I know it's weird being two hours away from Auburn, but uh, glad we were able to do it. And uh, like, I, like we were talking about, baseball will be back before we know, and we'll get a lot more of uh, some Ryan Express coverage. For sure, for sure. Hey, stay safe out there, and uh, I'll see you when we get back to Auburn. Thanks, man. Yeah, you too. All right, so the next person we have on the line is another frequent guest of the Ryan Express, another one of my favorites, Aiden Kowalski. Aiden, how is quarantine life treating you? Ryan, it is going fantastic right now. I'm getting more things done around the house than I ever have before, so can't complain. (laughs) I live in Georgia, so we're actually opening up uh, hair salons and other, I guess, less essential businesses. So, you know, I guess society's starting to turn more back to the norm here well, in, the, in the deep south not alabama but i oh, do yeah. i do hope that things can get back to normal and, and one of those things is major league baseball i mean 
I feel like this whole process has been more agonizing without it uh, than obviously if we had it to watch every night when we came home. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. It's just I'm sick and tired of watching rerun games. I just see on on my television screen where it just says in the guide menu, classic MLB baseball. And I think of classic, I think of 1970s and 1980s. But instead, I'm watching reruns of 2019 Braves versus, <laughs> Braves versus Dodgers, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me! I'm still reliving it in some, and I'm I'm kind of enjoying it here and there, but. I need some live baseball in my life again. Seriously, and, and if it, if we do have live baseball this year, it is probably not going to be as well anything classic because we have all these potential division uh, realignments that have been talked about. We have this geographical thing where we have three divisions divided by a geographical location. And we have the spring training option where we have the grapefruit and cactus leagues. divided into six divisions themselves and then we have the normal divisions which of course they could play in the homes of the teams but my question for you is which of these do you see the most issues in which do you think are most likely to happen and how do you really see how do you really see it all shaping up right okay so most likely to happen i'm gonna say keep the original divisions i mean what gives me question about why they wouldn't do that is the fact that they played with other schedules and other scheduling options. From a geographical standpoint, so there are really two options here, and that's uh, that was their first one with the East, the West, and the Central Division in their 10-team division each setup. So you just have 10 teams uh, um, from each division there. And then you have, the, of course, the, the original East, Central, and West from the American League and National League. And, and after paying some more attention to how it looks, I just like the original schedule best. You're not changing up anything. It's not changing any dynamics between the two teams when they meet up in the regular season. It's going to bring so much less complication. There's not going to be an asterisk by whoever won the World Series in 2020, even if the World Series is played this year. And it just takes out so much variability that you can't really call it Major League Baseball at this point when you change up so many variables uh, like what they're trying to do. And, I mean, b- baseball is America's pastime. It's it's something you don't want to change up too much, and when you do, it's really just not the same. And I think that's what they're trying to do here. And keeping it the way it is uh, is really going to be what's best for the game. I have talked already in the show a little bit about how Rob Manfred really whiffed on a lot of stuff early in the offseason, and now he's in a position where – as the commissioner of baseball, a sport that is a summer sport and lasts all the way till October, he has a chance to be the first sport back on the landscape, and that could be a total turnaround for him. I do think if he were to pull off this normal division format, he would probably get more credit than he would if he did something crazy like this spring training format where you have one division like the Brewers, Rangers, Padres, Mariners, and Royals who potentially all five of them would not make the postseason if it was in any other, if it was in any other divisional format. Right. Right. Yeah. So Rob Manfred, I can see him going to the original format of the schedule. Now, the one thing that I do see happening is a condensed schedule because the big problem is you cannot be playing factor into the 2021 season when all this is hopefully said and done. There's no more coronavirus going on or anything like that where things can fully get back to normal. Um, My biggest issue 
is if the season were to start today, it's going to end sometime in December, and that's not enough time for pitchers to get ready for the upcoming season. I mean, how many games do you think we're looking at? Do you think it's 100? Do you think it's a bunch of doubleheaders, or what do you think? I would split it at the All-Star break. So by the time things start to come around again and – you know, of course, fans are probably not going to be let in the stadiums the way this is uh, the way this is moving forward. I'd say after the All Star break, and then play the remainder of the season um, with the original schedule that way. So you're only playing 82 games, but it's still, I'd still say it's a little fair to say that you can do that. Could you imagine if the first sporting event back was Major League Baseball and its opening day opening day quote was on July 4th? like how patriotic of a day that would be like triumphant that would be i mean that would be actually really interesting at this point though there have been so many surprises that anything new now is just like okay whatever uh anything new is not a surprise anymore it seems like so go it's ahead. just the way things are so go ahead and give me your your spring training division you know, rundown like like who okay. who it, like what kind of crazy playoff teams would you get out of this thing? I, I'm just interested to hear. And you know, I was actually really surprised because after going through each of the three options for how we set up the divisions, I'm getting different winners in some categories. So Northeast, I got Colorado. The West is going to be the Dodgers, 100. Anytime the Dodgers are in a division, they're winning it. Um, the Northwest, I have the Brewers. Um, the North, I've got the Yankees, and then just imagine if they were healthy, how much more dominant that they would be with Stanton back, because that man hasn't played in who knows how long, and uh, I haven't really paid much attention to that because it's been so long. Uh, the South, I have the Braves, but that's a close call there. Uh, the East, it's either between the Nationals or the Cardinals. They're just the more experienced team. Uh, Houston will not bounce back just due to the criticism, and there's now so much more added pressure to them. 100%. I mean, I do think it would be crazy to have the Nationals and Astros in the same division following the World Series last year, but I do think I do think I give the edge to the Nationals or the Cardinals, like you said. Um, I think maybe the only disagreement I would have would be either in the Northeast or the Northwest. I, I don't really know what would happen in that Northwest just because I don't feel confident in really any of those teams, I, the only the only person I am confident in on all those teams is Christian Yelich, and it's only to the extent that he stays healthy. In the Northeast, I don't really know either because the Diamondbacks seem to have a really good year, and then they traded Grinky, and now the Cubs are like not as good as they were when they were champions. And you throw the Rockies, the Giants, and the A's in there, and it's like, okay, what's going to happen? I have no idea. <laughs> But anyways, super fast rundown. Aiden, thank you for calling into the Ryan Express. I mean, this coronavirus podcast has been a, uh, a whale of a podcast for sure, but I'm glad you were a part of it. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Stay healthy, Ryan. Yeah, you too. All right. So our, uh, our last guest of the night of the episode is going to be Jack Hart, who is a frequent guest on the Ryan Express. Another one of my favorites, all three of these guys, some of my favorite guests, they bring so much to the show regularly. And I'm so glad that they could uh, call in on this kind of crazy episode from my house, from their houses too. Um, Jack, how are you doing? How is quarantine treating you? And uh, where are you right now? Hey, Ryan, I am doing great, and I applaud you for being so resilient to uh, not let the quarantine keep the Ryan Express off the air. I am definitely thankful for that. Uh, I am 
in Birmingham in the 205, where I believe you are as well, Ryan. So yes, sir. Just making things happen here in Birmingham. I'm just trying to, I got, just make that last little push to get through, uh, finish up my junior year uh, before heading into the summer. Good deal. Well, I hope uh, final exams online uh, are not as stressful as they sound, uh, but I'm sure they are. Uh, but I am hoping that the state of Alabama can start getting back to normal, and a lot of that means professional sports and entertainment coming back, hopefully, in the next couple of months. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have all this free time, but nothing to do with it because there's really nothing to watch. I mean, I was just downstairs watching the uh, 1995 World Series, and that's about all the entertainment that uh, cable TV can muster now. Wow. <laughs> um, I think I think you are either you're either the second or third person to say that they were watching a classic baseball game from the past uh, thirty years. <laughs> yeah, the um, ESPN showing uh, Game Seven of the ALCS from 2004 when the Sox came back. So nice. I mean, if you're, you're a fan of classic baseball, you definitely have some time to catch up. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of all baseball. Let's clarify. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of baseball, uh, we have all these crazy division alignments that have been reported online. Maybe they're just rumor. Maybe they're speculation. Maybe they're the real deal. But either way, we have some hope that there will be normal divisions, normal American and National League. But there's also rumor that we could do some sort of weird spring training thing in Arizona and Florida where we have realignment of divisions in potentially the craziest way possible and then we also have a geographical kind of three divisions without really a league or really it's almost like three leagues but either way it's all totally breaking new ground for professional sports for major league sports and and i don't really know what is going to happen but it's worth asking what you think will come out of this definitely so i mean on this spring training um, solution that's kind of been posited. I've done, I've done the most thinking about this one just because I've seen this idea floated around on Twitter. I've had about three weeks to think, think about it. And really, I mean, if you get down to it, if, if we're under the assumption that these athletes can get back out on the field and play, this is an amazing solution uh, for uh, Major League Baseball if they choose to go through with it. You're looking at these teams who already have facilities – uh, training facilities and playing facilities. These are regulation-sized fields uh, down in Florida and Arizona, respectively. And if you look at the division alignments, uh, I know specifically uh, a lot of these divisions are such that these teams are less than an hour bus ride away from one another. So you're minimizing contact with fans, assuming there's no fans in these spring training stadiums and the outside world. So I think you can make a really good bubble with these teams, especially with the divisions the way they are, uh, looking at the Grapefruit League, these are really split up into the north being the teams around the Tampa area, the south being the teams around the Naples area, and the east being the teams around the Miami area. If they, these teams play in the division, I mean, they can stay in their own hotels at night because this is just a extremely homogenous solution for these teams. Yeah, you're going to get some really crazy divisions. I'm looking at one in particular that has my two favorite teams, the Braves and the Rays. I'm used to not having to think too hard about that rivalry, but they're going to have to be in a situation where they play, uh, what, 30, 15 times a season if they go through with this. So that's a bit of a, a hang-up for me. But I think it's a really – you get a chance to see a lot of teams that don't play each other, and 
if they go through with that, you're going to have the Grapefruit League champion facing off against the Cactus League champion in the World Series. So you could see two National League teams in the World Series or vice versa with the American. So there's a lot of interesting things. I know it's a huge logistical uh, lead time needed to get that thing going, but I think, honestly, that's the cult. I think that's the in terms of startup time, that's the closest we're getting to baseball. The, the solution that can start the quickest is definitely one that's as, as contained as possible while still being able to field at least part of a major league season. And I think that spring training solution gives you just that. And another thing that baseball has up on, say, the NBA or really even football as we look even farther down the road is that baseball has pro- probably the least contact of most of the major league sports you know basketball you're almost constantly touching someone you can say the same for football you have to tackle you have to catch the same ball but in baseball there isn't as much of that it's it's something where i've heard reported that there could potentially be an automated strike zone like something like coronavirus could be the difference between a technology that's been around that we've known about that's been rumored to been making a move towards the major leagues that finally is the kicker in this pandemic. Yeah. And one more thought I have about this, this spring training solution is that think about the games that are going to need to be played. I think even if you play a half season starting in July or August, 80 games, you're going to have to either keep the World Series where it is or push it deep into the autumn, pushing into the winter. And while that would be a problem normally, uh, I mean, these venues are in Florida and Arizona. You don't really have to worry about snow in a January World Series if you're playing in Tampa. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's a great point. Another thing is that the air travel of having teams in geographical divisions or in their normal stadiums is not as pressing when you have the spring training like you said where everything's a bus ride away i mean that's what makes spring training great and i feel like the location is the best option for the spring training i'm not sure if the logistics are great because i know a lot of players are resisting leaving their families for a long period of time to go to florida and arizona to play games yeah and speaking of geography this other proposal you've sent me where it breaks the team uh, breaks the league back into three geographical uh, divisions, kind of super divisions. I guess that's 10 per with, with 30 teams across the league. I don't exactly know how the league structure would shake out with this one, but it would go a long way in mitigating travel. Um, you're looking at all the teams in the East, West, and Central together. But I I do, I mean, this one is still pretty tricky. I mean, you're, I mean, you're looking at, the Dodgers and the Rangers in the same division out west. I mean, that's that's still a three thousand mile plane ride, you right? Know? I mean, if you're going to do this, I don't see why doing a regular league structure is that much different. That's my only hang up with this one, right? And and I feel like if you were going to do the geographical option, you would need more divisions. Like I feel like since Miami and New and New York and Boston are in the same like the east side. I think that that is an issue because that is still a long trip, like you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you have the the, the Rays and the Marlins down in Florida, but the next closest team to them would be in Baltimore. I mean, that's still that's still a pretty long hike. So right, and somehow Atlanta doesn't get grouped in there, and I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just an interesting situation where if you're going this kind of halfway, 
you might as well just hold off until you can go whole hog back into it because the activation energy to go from no baseball to this structure of baseball you sent me uh, this USA Today article, it really is just so close to what we've had for the for the past 20 years since 94 that it's really might as well just wait the extra month or two to get that going if if at all for sure i think i think you really are looking at two options you're looking at baseball in normal stadiums without fans or baseball in spring training stadiums whether it be with or without fans and i do think that the tendency is to go towards the normal stadiums because it seems like more players would be willing to sign up for something like that. Yeah, definitely. And, and we've never seen any kind, we've never seen any games that counted in a spring training stadium. I mean, not all of these, uh, the, I think just at a glance, the, the standard deviation of how different MLB parks are from one another is much, much less than spring training parks from one another. And then you even have, teams like i believe uh houston and washington playing in the same stadium so it definitely creates there's a little bit of monkey rich in the scheduling and you're also looking at some very odd field dimensions that we may see uh way more run productivity in arizona than in florida we just really don't know if it has never been tested at a official capacity only an exhibition for sure i i do think whatever happens this is going to be something we're going to look back on for the rest of our lives and and the history books are going to are going to talk about this a lot because this this is so unprecedented and and no one really knows what's going to happen and my guess is, is as good as yours and perhaps even as good as Rob Manfred's at this point. Yeah, definitely. And then as as, as much as I hate to say it, if if we don't see baseball again until next spring, as much as I don't want to speak that into existence, I think you can take solace in the fact that I mean, these guys are still grinding their, their hardest at home or whatever training facility they can get access to. And I think the 2021 20, season, with, for any sport really, would shape up to be some of the most entertaining we've ever seen, especially with the emotions of coming back as well as all these athletes fully rested and extremely uh, worked hard over the extended, extended offseason to really have the want to to go back out there and play. Oh, for sure. And and even past just getting physically better and more talented in their skills, staying engaged with fans. I know that they've had the Players League on MLB The Show and a lot of different other things, trying to get fans still involved with baseball despite the pandemic. I do think that these are all great things for Major League Baseball and for their fan base that they are trying to build in a in a landscape that is totally barren of sports right now. Definitely so, yeah. I think this has really strengthened the love of the game, if anything, if we can take one thing away from it. Well, Jack, thank you for uh, calling in from Birmingham. Just came back uh, from Auburn, but I do hope to see you in Auburn again soon, and I'm uh, so glad you were able to be a part of this podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Continuing to keep the flame burning, even though it's, uh, I know it's difficult to uh, keep it going with everything going on. But uh, good luck to you, and be sure to stay safe. Thank you, Jack. Well, everyone, there it is. A, a tale of two halves. Seriously. I mean, I was talking by myself for how long? 18 minutes until these three came along and totally crashed my party. No, seriously, though, I really I really appreciate getting to have them on. And I think that this podcast is so representative of the situation that we're in with coronavirus. 
COVID-19 has done a lot. It's isolated people. It's made people feel things they've never felt before. But even through it all, we are going to make it through. We are going to have some solidarity together, even if we are apart. And that is really what I wanted to show through this podcast more than anything, more than our opinions about baseball or anything else. I wanted to show that we can come together and as things start to get back to normal, we can be together and stand firm just like that as we move on. I do hope to be back very soon covering Major League Baseball for the Ryan Express and for WEGL 91.1 FM, which is the show's home and our lifeblood. Be sure to follow the Ryan Express on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Ryan Express MLB and WEGL at WEGL underscore AU for updates on the show. I'd like to thank the guys once again for coming on, being with me, helping me through this show, and I can't wait to be back. I can't wait to see baseball again. I can't wait to hear from all of you again. And with that, I will be signing off. This is Ryan Walker signing off from the bedroom floor. Thanks for listening to the coronavirus episode of The Ryan Express.